Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Tracking Shot Podcast. What's up? We're back. We're back. <laughs> and to commercial break? No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I am Chris Spencer, uh, joined by... Taylor Dodson. And also Pixie the Cat. She's been very mouthy today, so you may hear some meows in the background. She's J-popping. Mm-hmm. Um... Today, this, yeah, go ahead. No, you do it. You, you today we're talking about my favorite movie that we watched in Mafia and the Movies. You mean you didn't like Godfather Three? I mean that Goodfellas <laughs> was my absolute favorite movie that we watched the entire semester, um, and it's really cool, and it's by Sir Martin Scorsese, Mister the the man, the myth, the legend, Martin Scorsese, the demythologizer, the legend. Um, yeah, there. You did it. I did it. The great. I got us there. Anyways, um, yeah, this movie, uh, 1990, I believe. Yeah, October yeah, 9th, yeah. 1990. October 9th, 1990. Uh, weird time for movies. We talked about the 90s with movies. It is a weird time for recently. movies. Recently, 1990 especially. So, um, yeah, it is. It follows the just a brief overview of, of what it's about. It follows sort of one mobsters rise to Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Um oh Pixie, I think you just farted. Um <laughs> uh follows one mobster's rise to in the ranks of the uh, of a mob family mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah. Ow. Cat, I swear. Um <laughs> and yeah, this movie has a lot of music in it. Yeah. So, um Scorsese chose all of the songs actually which i think is always kind of a cool thing is um when the director like specifically chooses and he actually wrote a lot of these songs into the script um and some of them he chose during editing but um most of them he had written in because um he chose the songs as not as for commentary on the scene Instead of just like, ooh, this spunky beat works right. in this kind of a scene. He was like, I want the songs to comment on the scene or the characters. And he says, in an oblique way. And it's, and it's a lot of licensed music, right? Like, it's, it's, he, the, some of the music is written for the movie, but a lot of it is licensed from other artists. I think all of it's licensed. All of it is licensed? I okay. I think. Um, because he said the only rule that he adhered to... Um, with the soundtrack was to use the music that could have been heard at the time. Okay, so so since it was chronologically in the correct. 70s? Well, there's a long period of there's a right covers a long time. Right. Um, but um, yeah. So the uh, non-dialogue scenes were shot to playback so that the char- so that the actors could feel what the audience was going to feel with the music so over loudspeakers they were hearing so like um the song layla was playing on set during the shooting scene um where the dead bodies are discovered um in the meat truck Hmm. um and then it also says that sometimes the lyrics of the songs were put between lines of dialogue to comment on the action so like the music might get a little bit louder or they'll he had them specifically pause in their dialogue so that a lyric from the song could be heard in between dialogue. Interesting. Um, which I think is really, really cool um, as somebody that's interested in this kind of thing. Um, I think it's a really interesting technique and a really 
cool way to play with music in movies um, to make it more important than people think it is. There's a lot, uh, this, this is like dumb comment of the year, but there's a lot of depth to this movie and mm-hmm. that kind of is evidence of it. The, yeah. The, the movie doesn't have a clear cut, well, structurally it has a clear cut protagonist in Henry Hill, Ray Liotta's Henry Hill, right. um, but you don't really like him. Right, like, I don't th- think you're supposed to. There's moments where you're like, oh, okay, like when he goes and beats up the dude that tries to right. creep on his girlfriend, who then becomes his wife, of course that kind of gets undone by his horrible abuse of his wife and and yeah. the affairs and so on and so forth, yeah. but... um. One thing that I just noticed is that the poster has Robert De Niro front and center, mm-hmm. which uh, one thing I've learned about movie posters is that all of the the order of names and where people are placed on the poster is all contractually like obligated. Like the order of of actors' names at the top of a poster, at the bottom of a poster, whatever, is not like the poster designer or the director decided this is the most important person, so we're going to put their name first. Lots of times when people sign on to do movies, they say in their contract with the movie they're like or with the production company they say we have to be top build or in the top five build or whatever right and it's um, normally like the most like the most important names in the middle not all like first on the thing right exactly um but robert <coughs> robert de niro is who you might call the antagonist of the movie in, right in a way yeah absolutely um but then then again it's it's a lot like the godfather and taxi driver which is another scorsese movie which i wish we could talk about taxi driver in this thing we but can talk about it um when we're done with mafia movies it's true i could do that um but it's and then, i mean ta- uh, de niro was in taxi driver um in both the protagonists and goodfellas and taxi driver become accidental good guys at the end kind mm-hmm. of like like uh travis in taxi driver have you seen Taxi Driver? No. Okay, well, I might spoil Taxi Driver for you. I'm sorry. Thanks. It's like 50 years old. Like, you, should, <laughs> you you don't have any room to talk. That's okay. I spoiled Clockwork Orange for somebody one time, and they were like, did you just spoil that movie for me? And I'm like... I just also haven't seen that. It's so. been like it's been almost like 60 years. Like, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> uh, Travis, at the end of Taxi Driver goes and does this really selfish thing and murders a bunch of people to try and save this underage prostitute that he is in love with. Um, And then he gets shot a whole bunch while it happens, and in the hospital, he wakes up, and he's not cuffed, there's no police or anything like that, and it turns out all the people that he killed were, like, pimps, drug dealers, murderers, all, like, like, bad dudes. And so, even though he went and did this thing on his own accord and just wanted to do it, he ends up being like a vigilante hero mm-hmm. type thing. Uh, and, and, and Ray Liotta's character, Henry, in Goodfellas, to save his own ass, he rats on his friends, which right. earlier in the movie they say, never rat on your friends, and that, like the two rules are never rat on your friends, and, and never tell the truth or something like I can't remember. Um, never confess or I don't remember. But, it's basically the same thing twice. Right. And and in the context of the movie itself, and I'll shut up and get out of the way and we can talk about the music in just a second. In the context of the movie itself, never ratting on your friends seems like the good thing to do until it's not. Until you look at what the mob 
is doing to people and what is happening to people in the mob. Like Joe Pesci's character, he's about to get bathed and turns out that he's about to get dropped. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and stuff like that. And, and you, you really have to recontextualize like, man, is this structure any good? Which is also what Godfather does is yeah. in, an, in an insular way, when you look at the culture and the, the structure, you think, oh, they're, they're, they're doing good things for people and so on and so forth. But then when you zoom out and you see all the terrible things that they do to each other and all the terrible things they do to other people, you're like, oh, this structure really does need to be dismantled. Kind of like capitalism. Um, <laughs> but that's a, that's a story for another day. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 talking about the music, the structure of the music and the depth of the production involving the music, I didn't even know it was shot to playback like that. That's kind of crazy awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, plays into the idea of there's more here than meets the eye. Right. And Goodfellas certainly presents as, when you have this narrator who is the main character, who is this sort of anti-hero, bad guy, protagonist type thing, it does present as what you see is what you get. But then the structure of the film really denies that concept and goes deeper into the idea of, okay, let's this is what this guy is saying. This is this guy's perspective. And also, this is the perspective of being inside the mob. And when you have the few people on the outside looking in, um, saying, no, that's not a great structure. Anyway, I'll shut up. No, it's okay. Um, I have a couple other um, points that I wanted to make about it that I found. The um, Goodfellas soundtrack Wikipedia is really, really interesting. Um, that's mostly what I'm looking at. Here. I've never seen one like this. No, it's very detailed. Um, so one thing I thought was really interesting um, is there is no music at all when from the point where Henry's arrested in his driveway by the DEA until the end credits. There's no music in that entire part of the film um, to, I, I guess, assume. I mean, I don't really know why. What do you what do you think? Why? There's, you could, like, like the easy reading is that, oh, he went to jail and the music's gone from his life. I guess. Like, like that, I think that's the simplest reading and maybe the most direct reading mm-hmm. of he's on all these drugs, he's doing all these things, and he's, he's living the life of a mobster, and everything's great and awesome, and he's got three mistresses and yeah. and all of his best buddies and whatever and then his life is silenced yeah but it's not right in a way because it's, he's telling on everybody right it's um so like i said this wikipedia is really cool it has like a, a song by song um like breakdown so the drum solo of the song Jump Into the Fire by Harry Nilsson. It's the third time this song's played in the movie. So they like play different parts of different songs at different times in the yeah, movie, I'm which is cool. That now. Um is a play is played immediately before Henry's arrested in the driveway. And then the end credits are played to My Way by Sid Vicious. So 
by going out into the driveway, because he's all paranoid, right? Mm -hmm. Going out into the driveway, he's jumping into the fire of the feds. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, it might not actually be his way, but it was his way to get out of jail. Right. So I assume that's why that song was chosen. Um, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Um, there was another part. The opening credits um, and narration are to Tony Bennett's Rags to Riches. Yeah. Which I think is like the whole point of like, seems every mafia movie is about going from rags to riches right. in the mafia, um, which is what he wanted to do. So I don't know. I think that, that those are some really cool. Did you see any that stood out to you? Um, I was just looking at one and now I've lost it. Uh, Life is but a dream by the harp tones at the wedding and reception. Mm -hmm. I think the subtext of that song is really funny because the dream of being happy in that marriage for uh, Karen was very short-lived because it quickly becomes, oh, this guy's a dirtbag. Um, so life is what a dream is kind of that that way, this dream that I'm going to wake up from in a few short years. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, so when I was taking this class, um, I asked Ben, what is the significance of the jazz singer playing in their living room the first time the cops searched their house? Pardon me, I'm sick, everybody, sorry. <coughs> um, and Ben was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, the movie, that's right, the movie The Jazz Singer. I always forget, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and the song that's playing during that part is Toot Toot Tootsie Goodbye. One second, I'm going to cough again. <coughs> um, it says, away from you, no words can tell me how sad it makes me. Um, do it over again. Watch for the mail. I'll never fail. If you don't get a letter, then you know I'll, I'm in jail. Um, and it basically just says that over and over again. Which I guess is the reason that that's playing during NYPD, the NYPD detectives searching their house is like if you don't hear from me I'm in jail the choice of the jazz singer is so strange and mm -hmm. interesting to me considering the contexts of those two characters Al Jolson's character in the jazz singer and Henry Hill in uh, Goodfellas because mm -hmm. Al Jolson's character is a Jew mm -hmm. and Henry Hill is a almost full-blooded Italian male, and, and they're... No, I thought he wasn't. That's why he couldn't... Oh, right. He's half he's half Jew. I think so. Yeah, think he's half dad's... Jew. Okay, this all makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, duh. Yeah, because totally... he can't get made into the mafia because he's not full right, Italian. Right, right. Um, well, then, yeah, okay. Thank you for clearing that up for me. I totally forgot about that detail. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and... And the jazz singer, like, his whole, the whole, have you seen the jazz singer? Yeah. Yeah, we were in that class together. Yeah. We watched the jazz singer. Um, the whole idea behind why 
Al Jolson's character has betrayed his father in The Jazz Singer is because he is doing distinctly non-Jew things. Right. He's, he's in, I mean, he's incredibly racist. The, oh. the Jazz Singer is well, yeah. incredibly racist. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody would argue with you. Right. <laughs> um, but he's, he's, he's in these clubs singing the black songs and so in on black and so face. forth. Yeah, and, and he's in blackface. But he's doing all these things that his father deems as non-Jewish, anti-Jewish, and in a way... Henry Hill is choosing to um, stray from his culture. Yeah, relegate the the Jewish part of his heritage right. to something else entirely. Like he wears he wears the Star of David, mm-hmm. I think, um, throughout most of the film. Yeah, but I, and I believe there's actually some shots of him putting it under his shirt. Um, so in a way, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense that both of these characters are choosing to. Um, put in the background their their heritage as Jewish, whether in the jazz singer that being a stupid concept or in Goodfellas of it being a more direct choosing of I'm gonna choose the Italian side rather than the Jewish side. Right. Um absolutely. That's fascinating. Yeah, interesting stuff. I always wondered that when I watched it the first like the first time and I kept bringing it up to Ben, I was like, what's the what's the significance of this and then all i had to do was look it up mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't until now so there we go um i'm looking through these songs again yeah they're really cool there's a couple references to the sea and water and like like bodies of water mm-hmm. beyond like the sea beyond the sea and atlantis um it's uh i'm not totally sure what the uh context of that is yeah, I don't know. but yeah um, this is a movie that certainly employs music we talk a lot about like the way these movies have employed music contextually contemporaneously and diegetically and this is a movie that I think dances back and forth between diegetic and extra diegetic, mostly extra diegetic. Mm-hmm. But like I think this, a lot of the scenes with his mistress in his mistress's apartment uh, has music playing off of a stereo or or a, they're working. I did that with right. air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- this is this is I think stylistically really music music wise really in line with a lot of 1990s and early 2000s movies mm-hmm. i mean films like one of your favorite movies almost famous mm-hmm. lots of times that music is just playing right but it is directly commenting on everything that's happening in the movie there's there's not there's not as much of a need to contextualize why that music is playing because in, by the 1990s, people had realized, oh, this is a movie. Things, weird things happen in movies. Like, we have to suspend our understanding of the world. We have to expand our understanding of the world to say, yeah. we're watching a movie and this music can just be playing. Yeah. And, and now that style has morphed into the film score, right? Like, it's, it's morphed into, like, fight music playing during Avengers fights and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And that being so far removed from the reality of the movie Goodfellas at least tries to play 
in a space of this could be happening in the world because the movie the music is contemporaneous with with the setting of the film um sometimes it is playing in the world sometimes it's not but there's always the thought in your mind of like this could be happening yeah right now whereas now our 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 understanding of movies has shifted so lots of times movies can just throw that music in there mm-hmm. without you having to think this could be playing right now and and we don't need to bridge that existential gap mm-hmm. uh so i think goodfellas and i think scorsese does this a lot with the this, the his movies i mean gangs of new york did it uh right. a lot as well um scorsese pushes those sort of stylistic boundaries mm-hmm. um, that's why i like edgar wright so much too is because he's like the perfect example everything he does is magic to me so um but like writing songs into the script i think is such a powerful way to bring music into yeah. your movie and like make it a core thing in the film rather than just something to fill empty space yeah i think that's really cool and I- important and I think I think Goodfellas specifically, and I mean not just Goodfellas, but the the style that Goodfellas used has led to two different types of two different expansions of that. When maybe one you would consider regression, but now we're to the point where music has a direct impact on the action on screen. Yeah, like absolutely. like in Baby Driver, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver, there's music punctuates what's happening directly like he'll turn the windshield wipers on while he's listening to a song in the car and Mm -hmm. it'll in all the rhythm the rhythm of the music is the rhythm of the world Mm -hmm. whereas in the past it's been the rhythm of the world is the rhythm of the music Mm -hmm. so now we've we've sort of like reflexed upon the music is actually acting upon the world and then the other expansion slash regression type thing is because it has not happened this way for so long, we kind of crave that idea of the music's being played in the world directly. Like like stuff like Birdman. Actually, Birdman is a great example because I promise this is relevant to Goodfellas. Um, Birdman does it in that the music is just happening. Nobody knows why it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then there's, uh, there's maybe just one shot where the camera sweeps across and you just see the drummer playing the soundtrack apropos of nothing Mm -hmm. there's no reason why he should be there so so now now we live in this world where all of those forces are acting upon each other and i think goodfellas kind of led the way in that musical uh integration yeah absolutely what's the uh i can't remember in the the scene where they go through the back of the they go through the kitchen to go into the The copacabana yeah is that the music that's playing in the that we're hearing in the kitchen? Is that the same music that's being played at the Copacabana? I don't believe so because it's just a small band in the Copacabana club, and then yeah. it transitions into uh, the uh, the and comedian. It'll, it'll be on you for sure. One second. Go ahead. Take my wife. Um. Also, that Copacabana shot is like, if you if there were a dictionary of film, like styles, this would be the definition of long take. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think Ben taught this in his class, or maybe somebody in when I took the class mentioned this. The whole reason that scene became what it was with the one shot of going in the back entrance is the guy who owned the club didn't want them messing with the front entrance of the club. Right. So he made them go in through the back, and they just said, "Okay, we're just gonna write it into the to yep. the movie." And I mean, it's it, it's not a great. Well, I mean, it is it is a great plot point because it then shows the sequence of him handing the dollars to, to all the different people, which. Yeah. And Karen's like, "What the? What do you do again? Yeah, what are you doing? Construction." Um, the song that plays during that is "Then He Kissed Me" by the Crystals. Um, and then the next song that plays is during the Air France heist. So yeah, no music plays in the actual Copacabana during that scene. It's all the just. Um, who plays the comedian? I want to. For some reason, it's stuck in my head that it's Rodney Dangerfield, but I know it's not Rodney Dangerfield. I have no idea. Um, yeah, there's no way that's Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> but I act like IMDb is going to show it to me. They're gonna say, I don't know. Oh no, it's Henry Youngman. It is actually Henry Youngman. Oh, wild. I did not know that. Interesting. Um, go ahead, take my wife. That's very good. Um, well, yeah, I think that's about gonna do it for us. Yeah, I thought that was a good, good little chat. Yeah, good little movie. I like this movie a lot. It's very good. It's one that I could watch. Yeah, Re- like it's a movie that I can revisit for I've, sure. I've I don't rewatch it. a lot of movies. I think I've seen it three or four times now. I can't remember. Pixie, Pixie likes it too. For your commentary, I think so. Um, yeah, and next week we're doing a doing a long boy doing a, a triage as they mm. might call it. We're doing Godfather's Part One, Did Two, it? and three. three. It's gonna be a lot. Yeah, it is gonna be a lot. But we figure it's better to just knock it all out, hit all three of them at once, than to do three short episodes. I don't know if it included Godfather 3, but somebody made a cut of the Godfather movies that put them in chronological order, mm-hmm. which I've always been interested with, interested in, but I th- don't think it's the best way to watch it because Godfather 2 does such a good job of juxtaposing those two things. I'm already, we're already talking about Godfather, but um, yeah. as somebody who's seen Godfather, the Godfather movies a lot of times, I wonder if that would be an interesting way to watch it now. Right. I have the DVD collection, so I could maybe just do it. Watch it that way instead. Um, All yeah. right. Well, you guys will hear us next time. Yep. Look forward to that. I am Chris Spencer. I'm Taylor Dodson. And we will see you guys later. Bye. Bruh.